Ooh. That roadcaster is lit. I really want to get one of those. All right, and we are back. Yeah. Hello. So you were saying, um, you were saying, what were we talking about? Yeah, just you know, rip terrestrial. It's a shame. I mean, what like streaming services these days are fucking like. I've got so many. Like, I think I spend about at least a hundred dollars a month. On yeah, I've only got Netflix and Disney Plus at the moment. That's okay. it. That I, I, I got Amazon just to watch the boys. Boys, and then but that, that that was it. Because yeah. the other thing is, um. When you're spending so much time on something, your standard becomes so high to it and so desensitized. And I feel like I can enjoy TV shows and movies a whole lot more now because I have less time to watch them. Mm. If you're someone who's watching movies all the time and TV shows all the time, it's very hard to impress you and all that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm definitely a snob for sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> I wish I wasn't. Like, I feel like I can't really... I can't switch my brain off anymore when I watch stuff because, like, because I watch so much stuff and I'm at the cinema a lot, and you know, and I have to. I always rewatch the episodes of Doctor Who before I review them. Yeah. So, you know, I actually do have to like make time to actually sit down and full on engage in the episode. If, if it's a new episode, I'll write notes as well. So I'm yeah. constantly analyzing it. Yeah. It was like that with me with fights. I had to watch back fights and had to write down. That's the notes right. The, yeah. yeah. Um. What was What was the thing I was going to say about Doctor Who was the the writing, I remember when it was changing the pacing, like when I used to watch Doctor Who, it was very like, you know, happy and, you know, mm. even though it was like him fighting aliens and trying to do the right thing. Mm. But then I swear when it turned to David Tennant, that's when things got real dark, like characters were dying. and It got very dark near the my, end. One of my favourite episodes of all time was The Waters of Mars. Mars, you are joking. Yeah. You know that shit? That is dark. That, that's exactly what I was just referring to. Yeah, that's yeah. the second last episode. That was like... Fuck, you know Wars of Mars? Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. That I, is one of the greatest episodes of Doctor Who. That Because that was the first episode that really, truly scared me. It's terrifying. Because it still is terrifying. Yeah. It is fucking terrifying. That's when that was like a fucking bold move and another like really... Yeah. um. Because it was those moments where I'm like, yeah, like this isn't like, just a kid show. This can be a oh, dark TV show. It can. And it yeah. gets like super dramatic and uh, not as in bad dramatic, but good, a good kind of dramatic and yeah. scared. Like there was that scene where fucking, I think it was um, the, 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 the aliens are convinced by the waters, the right? The flood, yeah. Yeah, and then mm. they're trying to escape. And this guy gets one, one drop, drop down yeah. on his face. It's and terrifying. And you realise he's fucked. It's that, yeah, there's one drop. It, yeah, that episode is so fantastic. Yeah, so the guy who wrote that, well, that episode was co-written, but the guy who wrote that, Ross T. Davis, he uh, he did David Tennant's era and he did Christopher Eccleston, so the ninth and 10th Doctor. He's uh, he's coming back and that was such a huge, uh, that was such a huge win for the show because yeah. he's just renowned. Like, everyone loves him. Like, yeah. the work that he did on the show was yeah. literally, The Wars on Mars is like, Probably my third favorite episode yeah, of, okay. of all time. Let's talk about that then. What was if that's your third? What's your second and first? If hopefully I know. So okay, so my first. Here's the thing. Okay, I think I think the greatest episode of Doctor Who of all time. It's not my. It's okay. It's just so hard to explain. But I think I've got my favorite, and I got the one I think is the most well made. Okay. So my favorite episode of Doctor Who of all time is from season one of the reboot with Christopher Eccleston. It's called The Empty Child and the Doctor Dances. With the gas mask. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Fantastic. I know that one. I know so that one, good. Yeah. Written by Stephen Moffat, who he ran the show from season five to ten. Um, 
yeah, that's that's my favorite episode because it like absolutely scared the shit out of me as a child. Yeah, still does like to that, this day that terrify me. Are you my mummy? That's correct. Oh my yes, god, it's absolutely terrifying. And yeah. that's um, that's when I really fell in love with the show when I was first watching it as a kid. When I was like, well, maybe seven. But my favorite episode, I think, is the most well made, is in season nine called Heaven Sent, which is just an episode with pretty much only Peter Capaldi, the twelfth Doctor. And he's like stuck in a castle on like a constant loop. And um, so that's written again by Stephen Moffat, the guy who wrote Empty Child, Dr. Dances. And yeah, it's like the score by Murray Gold, directed by Rachel Talale, who's like, Rachel Talale is like one of the greatest Doctor Who directors. Like she's coming back with Russell. Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't even work on Russell's era. Like this is how good Russell is. He realizes like what the fans want. And yeah, it's like, to me, it's like written, directed, acted. The score is just so perfect. It's like, to me, it is the perfect episode of Doctor Who. It's so fucking good. And that's in season nine of, of the of the reboot. So it was wow. really later on with um with Peter Capaldi's Doctor. Peter Capaldi's my favourite yeah. Doctor, he, actually. Um my favourite episode of all time was the Christmas episode of David Tennant. I remember the, f- the, the first one? Yeah, where Christmas he was invasion. it's him and Carly Malone. Oh yeah, at, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't remember what it was called, but they were on that ship. That's Forge of the Damned, yeah. Yes, yes. that's it. The Titanic. How yeah. fucking good it's I remember good, watching though. that as a kid on Christmas yeah. night. I loved that episode so much because at the time who are how young it was and i remember because that was it one of my greatest best memories was that christmas yeah that christmas because i had all my family over and i was in england yeah it fucking snowed i remember oh, as a kid i was so happy to just have that day with my family and it was at night night and i just remember sitting down i was like this day has been so perfect can't get any better and then this shit comes on boom i love boom. it and that's why yeah. it's my favorite episode because not even that but just Again, I like it when it had that right amount of comedy and it had that right amount of action. And it's quite a dark episode too. I like, yeah. like you said. Our, um, and then you find out in the end who the real bad guy oh was. Oh, God. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> You're right, though. That was, I remember when that episode aired, it actually got complaints from, to the BBC because it was like uh, pretty much everyone dies but two people. And like, you know, yeah, that was a darker episode mm. to air on Christmas. And yeah, it, it, I think the, the show can get dark when it wants to. And I think that really helps the show because like it's a show for kids but i feel like the the kids who grew up with with doctor who and like when it came back in 2005 those people stayed on now and kids do still watch it but i think it, it also is like that older audience now because yeah. it's people who like start with it i've watched the show since since it started airing in like the uk and i've stuck with it and everyone kind of has even though the show has been in like a really bad spot last five years just because of the right in and like it just it just didn't work. It had all the right pieces, but it just couldn't put it together. And you know, yeah. it's a shame to see the show in like a bad spot. Some people say it isn't. I personally think it is. So yeah. you can see the BBC were like, "Fuck!" Like we need to bring back like David Tennant. We need to bring back a classic writer that yeah. people are gonna love. Like get people into the show again because yeah, it kind of was like plumbing like nose first. Yeah, because need to be saved. I believe the moment where it truly hit its peak was for me in that 
towards the end of the David Tennant area. That's what I believe. I mean, personally, I'm, obviously, I'm not such a bi- as a huge fan as you are. Mm-hmm. But the reason why David Tennant was just so good was because he, j- he just grew with it. As He's well. such a fantastic actor. Yeah, that's right. And you know, I, I I probably would get a lot of hate from your audience for saying this, but <laughs> the doc- I always forget his name. But the Doctor before David Tennant, Chris Rackerson. I actually feel like he was incredibly underrated. He's so good. I actually like so some episodes with him in it. Yeah. How well he did. Yeah, he like, did one um, season as well. Like uh, the, the the finale of when he was... He's, he only did one season, didn't he? Did he did one season, yeah. He had um, he had like quite... It's it's kind of like it was never really confirmed what they f- had a fight over, but he had big career differences with like the BBC and yeah, yeah he left after one season, which is such a shame because I agree he was so great. He was. It was good because it, personally, I never really knew what he went on to after that, but him as an actor and some of the episodes that he did as well, like um, there was that episode where it was about that one Dalek. Yes, Dalek, yeah. And then there's that moment where he oh, wants so to good. shoot it, he wants he to doesn't. kill it, yeah. and then Rose stops him. Yeah. It was Rose. Yeah, it was Rose, yeah, yeah. 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 Wow, and you know a lot, actually. I know, I know. I, th- I, thought you, I thought you hadn't watched the show. No, I've watched a lot. Wow, I, I watched every, I watched every episode from... That doctor, forget what's his name again. Sorry. Chris Rackerson on Chris from to David Tennant, all the way up to the end of Matt Smith. At the end of Matt Smith, okay. Because um, for me personally, in England, that was like the thing you watched every yeah, Saturday well, yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. yeah that definitely. was why it was so good. So there were definitely some episodes as well that scared the shit out of me, like the Weeping Angels. Classic. <laughs> Absolute classic. Yeah. And then there was that episode. I always forget it. It's cool. It was when um, David Tennant was with Donna, mm-hmm. and it the was li- a, is it library? Science in the library. Are you going to say the Larry episode? Which one was that? Everyone loves the Vashon Aradas with the shadows. Everyone loves that episode with the library. No, not that one. No, no. That's that, I remember that, that one. People love. Yeah, that's a, that's a fad favourite. Yeah. That's fuck. I remember that one. Yeah, not that one. The one I remember was um, where they're... Oh, God. It was just pure acting as well. But when they're on that fucking train. Oh, the midnight, of course. That yeah. episode's fantastic. And when he closes yeah. and then the driver's it's actually like... like Banging, what, 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 yeah, banging on the, the side. There it is, yeah. there it is, there it is. So it's like, good. It was like it was like a shadow heading towards us, and you never see oh, you what never it is. See it. Yeah, you that's never what's so see good. it. That's what's so scary about it. It's fucking great. And then yeah. the, the, they they um it gets on the thing, and then there's this camera angle, right? And the director did it so well. There's this camera angle where the doctor's trying to explain something, and then the woman's replicating like in, in the back background. Yeah, and then. She's just like looking at him. Like, yeah, it's like possessed. Like, and then, yeah. then he turns and then she's looking at him. And then you can kind of see the face in the background so blurry. And I actually remember like watching him. Like, oh my fucking, that is terrifying. It's terrifying. That was what got me hooked because it was that right level oh, of man. it. Russell was so good. Um, that episode was written in two weeks. The really? guy is an absolute fucking genius. Yeah, I got it. I got it. How can you to, write that in two weeks yeah. and it'd be so good? Yeah. It's just amazing. And it just ah, fucking scared the shit out of me. It, it does. It, it, yeah. it does scare uh, the hell out of you. Um, what, so good. What was another good one? Um, Christ. <sighs> there there was some... I, I, the, the, the thing about it as well is that he never made it too complicated. He never made... Like, when it comes to a season of TV sh- t- season of a TV show, there's, like, that main, main big plot. And every episode, it's something new, but it contributes to the main mm-hmm. plot. It was one of those true things I could watch where it was something different every episode. Yeah, and it had a bit of a series arc, but it yeah, could it be didn't have own. to have a main plot. Yeah, and yeah. then the final ending was that that was fine. It was a big, big conclusion, mm. but it wasn't a big plot that followed you throughout the whole season. Yeah, so it's rare to do something like that these days. Um, 
what was another really really good episode i remember that was just that was, was like so bang on, on was, was um i think it was uh when the doc uh, i remember oh yes um <laughs> like uh, a lot of episodes. There was a lot. There was a lot, but I remember there was one that just, you know, that was so good. I almost remembered I wanted to turn it off, but I think it was. Oh no! The most intense one I remember watching was when the Doctor and Martha are on a spaceship, and the spaceship's heading towards the, the sun, sun or something, and mm. they've got to go through all these stages. Yes. And yes. then the doctor goes outside and he in sees 42, the sun. 42 minutes. Yeah, yeah that's 42. the one. Yeah. 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 Like how intense that episode was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great. And that's what's so good about the show. And like, there definitely are just like, it's an era thing. Like you can hop on at whatever era you want. It doesn't really, like as much as I think it's really good to watch every doctor, you know, there are people who just don't like certain doctors and they will skip an era. And that's what I mean by with next year with the 60th, People can just hop on. I guess yeah. that's a bit, uh, for people who've never watched the show before, I, I get it's scary, but like, what, the show's been on for 60 years? I can't just hop on. Yeah. I think you can. Like, you can just watch, if you want to just watch an era, if you just want to watch a doctor, like, that's fine. Like, you can just hop on. It's got such a huge community, and I think, I do really think there are episodes that are generally, like, really great, like, right in, mm. like, the ones who just named right there, like, Midnight especially, I fucking love, like, and I think, yeah, Russell, who's coming back, he just really understands the climate of TV at the moment. We're in a very, you know, it's quite competitive. You know, it's, 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 you need to get that great show that everyone's talking about. And I really do think that he can come in and, mm -hmm. and, and, and just like, you know, just like do what he did before, but with a much bigger budget now as well. Like when, when they attempt was adopted, the budget wasn't huge. Like, and that's what made, and the, the fact they money. were able to capitalize on that. Amazing. Yeah. yeah I think it, it, it I don't think it gets enough credit, you know. I think it really does deserve a lot more credit than it gets. And although it's been on for sixty years, I don't think enough people talk about it, and not, not enough people watch it. It, it, if you start it again from the beginning, like you're in for such a treat. I yeah. really do believe that. Yeah. I really do think if you can just watch it, it's on. It's on Stan in Australia. You can, you can watch from season one of the reboot. You're in for such a treat. It's so great. Yeah. There's no show like it. Yeah. I think it's just the, the built up of, it, of the classics that we love of it because if you watch an episode with the Cybermen in it, love the Cybermen, Cyber, Cybermen, and watch so an episode good. with the Daleks in it, you know what's up. Yeah, like I felt like ideally a lot of people really, really love the episode when, um, I forget his name. It was it was a finale of the uh, one of the finale of the David Tennant series. Where Rose came back with and Davros Dalek. and stuff. Who with Davros? That's the one. Davros yeah. and season four final. Yeah, yeah, and he actually thought he was gonna lose, yes. but he wins. Yes. And there was the hand. We love it. And I remember that Christmas episode when he loses yeah. his hand. Yeah, and it comes back and yeah. it throws another doctor. Ah, uh, that was crazy. It's great. Like yeah. it, there is just so much shit that like, I I highly recommend it. Seriously, like I I you know I. I don't have to force people. Like I, I show my girlfriend the the odd episode. If I'm if I'm watching it for the podcast and I'm like, you know, I really think you should just watch this episode with me. Like, yeah. I'll show her a few. You know, she's she's. I wouldn't expect to watch it all with her, but like, yeah. I think if you want to watch the odd episode, it really is good. I I I, I used to try. I used to like force my when I came from the UK. Like, I was known as like the Doctor Who guy at school. I would give. DVDs out and oh, I would this nice. is before fucking streaming services like you had yeah. to actually, actually have the DVDs and I would like at times I would have like four different people that I lent 
DVDs to. That's awesome. And they would watch the seasons and I'll give them the next one. And that's how people would watch it back in the day. And I would try to like convert everyone <laughs> into yeah. a Doctor Who fan. And I met all my all my friends and like my main group in high school. We all met through, through Doctor Who. Like every single one of them. We all met through Doctor Who. So yeah. I owe a lot to the show. And I love that I have a show about it because like it means so much to me. And like I used to get fucking made fun of so much in school and I love now that I actually made some success out of it. I, yeah. I never changed who I was, I guess. Like people fucking would make fun of me. I didn't care. I was like, yeah. I love this show. Yeah. And to take that negativity and to make a show out of it, I think that's great. Yeah. What is it about it that you like so much? I don't know. It's yeah. a good question. I think I think it was just like the time and the place. Like my, my parents grew up watching it, especially my dad and when when the show like got rebooted in 2005 my parents pretty much just like sat me down and forced me to watch it and i didn't want to watch it but and i was instantly just hooked i think you know i just i think the doctor is just a great role model and i've always looked up to him slash her now you know i've always i've always looked up to the doctor as like my hero mm. and i think instantly it just captured me and i love it and i think i think as like a concept for a show there's something so exciting about when you're a kid and like every week there's a, a new villain and there's a new place and like it you just cared so much about the characters the character work was so good at least back in the day not so much at the moment but you know you cared so much about the characters you you were terrified but also so happy when you see characters come back and like the doctor was just so cool and like there just there was so much stuff about it that i just loved it just in, it just instantly hooked me yeah. instantly i always felt you're right i always felt like some of the best episodes there were for me were just the holiday episodes i remember there was one um and the finales for me one of my f another good episode i can just remember off the top of my head was the easter episode where the doctor was on his own and they had the girl from torchwood in it it's so this is um when they go with the bus yes yes yeah, i remember that one yes and then one of the best finales i remember when they had the um your who knowledge is actually really good mm. like the fact you even knew like planet of the dead's an easter episode that that shit's you're on it like yeah. you actually have a lot of uh knowledge on yeah. it yeah yeah i know because it was like my favorite i had the dvds myself so wow i i don't know why but i thought that i thought you'd never really oh at least like maybe watch the odd episode like, yeah yeah i mean ah. Oh. Definitely, it's, it's top stuff. Because now I remember the be one of the best episodes. I also another top great episode. I remember I watched was um, <sighs> fuck, I forget his name. He's a time lord himself. The master. The master. Yes. And then he comes back, and it was a massive twist when he opens up the the, the, the oh, of TARDIS course. and yes. he finds out he's the prime minister. Yes, that's great. great. And then so good. He ages him mm -hmm. with the um with the screwdriver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and then he turns into that little deformed. Oh my god. Uh, and then I was like, fuck. And then he that came. That shit sends you as a kid. You're like, bro, I the know. hell. And then seasons went by because how that good was. And didn't the final episodes of David Tennant have the, the master back? Yeah, the master came back. So John Sims' master came back for David Tennant's last episode. And then he came back again in Peter Capaldi's really? last, last, well, for his last uh, final. So that's really cool. And... For Peter Capaldi's era, there was an actress who played the master. She's called Missy. So it was actually really cool. In the in the season ten final, the the master and Missy actually got to meet almost like a multi doctor story. It was like a multi master story. So the two actors got to interact with each other. That was really cool. And that was for Capaldi's um final. 
So he came back. And yeah, I, that's the good thing about, great thing about Doctor Who is like people can just come back whenever they want. It's a, it's a fucking time traveling show. Like people can come back and. Wow. Yeah. I'm actually looking at it, trying to look it up right now. Um, yeah. So Johnson came back in season 10, which was really cool. It was a, it was, it was just, it was out of the blue. It was great. It was just an awesome surprise. Like he, he's such a great actor as well. Like it, it, it was really, really, it's a great episode as well. It was really good for a doctor final. That's correct. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. Yes, yeah, wow. so that's the female master and uh, and then one of the male masters. Yeah, and they got to interact together, which was, wow. yeah. <laughs> the, again, the great thing about the show is that like you can have different incarnations react with each other. Yeah. That's so fun. Uh, what what I actually really want to watch this episode now. So like, what streaming service do you watch this on? So that's on. It's on Stan at the moment. Um, oh. It hops all over the place. Like it was on Netflix for a little while. And it was, wasn't it? It was on Netflix for a little bit, anymore. and then now it's on Stan, or you can get it on BritBox as yeah. well. I'm gonna have to watch this one because I remember how big and crucial of like a of a villain he was to me, the master. Oh because, man, so good. Because I actually thought that the way that he you you kind of respect him. Yeah, you do. Oh, the because best he, villains you kind of do, you know. Yeah. When it tells its backstory, when he looked into the time vortex, time vortex, and yeah. he constantly hears the sound of the sound of the drums was yeah, one the of the drums. episodes. Yes, yeah. yes. Fuck. That yeah, was good. he's just fantastic. Yeah. So you know, with with David Tennant coming back, there are like big rumors if like you know other doctors will come back, and I think, I think it's going to happen. Even with David coming back, that's enough to get anyone excited. I think because yeah. David is. Do you reckon you'll watch that? I will. 100% I will. Because I, because I didn't watch Doctor Who for a while. And then I watched the episode where it was David Tennant and Matt Smith together. And was Is it Tom Baker at the end? Tom Baker shows up. Yeah, briefly. Tom Baker shows up. Mm-hmm. And I could tell that it was big and he's wearing a scarf. And that was, yeah, that was for the 50th anniversary special. Yeah. yeah so, and now, yeah, it's been 10 years since that. So it'll be oh. 60 next year. So I think this will be the last time David Tennant will show up. In like a big role playing the Doctor, he might. I think we'll get. I think we'll always get little like like how Tom Baker just randomly showed up. I think we might get little bits and pieces, maybe for the seventieth or eightieth or a hundred. I reckon we'll get to a hundred. Like in, we'll get a brief scene with David, maybe. And but yeah, I think we we will be in for an absolute treat with the with the sixtieth. Neil Patrick Harris is playing a villain for really, the, yeah, because he's good friends with Russell. He did uh, Russell's season. Uh, Russell did a series called It's a Sin, and um, Neil Patrick House is in that. So, yeah, he, they've got some massive, even like Shooter Gatwa from like Sex Education, he's doing the Barbie movie right now, and um, he's going to be the doctor. He's like a massive actor. Like, it's it's going to pull people. And exactly what you just said, like how you want to watch it again. That's, I think, what a lot of people will be going through. It's like, oh, I haven't watched it for a few years, but you know, David's back, so I might hop on, and hopefully that makes people stay. I hope it does. I. I love the show with all my heart. I want it to do so well. So I do think having David back will bring in a lot of people. You know, it it that's what bringing doctors back does. But yeah, yeah. Well, what will happen then? Um, uh, let me ask you this. I have no idea, actually. Well, yeah, what, I have no idea. What will happen when it's over? Like, oh, uh, what the show? Yeah. Um, I feel like it's one of those shows that just look. It's got to end at some point. Exactly. Nothing's forever. But I don't know. Actually, I mean, I think. If you personally ask me, I think if Russell didn't come back as the head showrunner, I do think the show would have gone on like it's gone on like indefinite hiatus before. There was a it was like over ten years where it didn't air, mm. so I think 
And this was before this. So there was a break between. So Sylvester McCoy was the was the uh, seventh Doctor, and then okay. Paul McGann played the Doctor for one. It was like a movie, a TV movie. He played the Doctor for one movie, and then there was like I think it was like I don't think it was fifteen years, but it was close to it. And then that's when Christopher Eccleston came in. Uh, so that's that's why it's like the reboot. That's why it went to season one again. Oh. There was that. There's the classic era, and then there's the new Who era. And that's why it started from season one again. So, so it has gone on breaks before, and I seriously do believe because the show is in a pretty bad spot. Again, that's my opinion. People okay. might disagree, but I think it would have gone on hiatus again if. Ross why do you think it's back. in a bad spot then? I just think the head writer Chris Chibnall, who actually wrote Forty Two, that episode you were talking about with the Sun, he wrote a couple of episodes for um, for David Tennant, and he did a few Matt Smith episodes. Um, I just don't think he was the right choice for head writer. I think he's a good writer, but I just don't think it worked. And I really do think it just, just came down to the writing. And it's a shame because I actually think uh, Jodie Whittaker, the first female doctor, she regenerates this October. I really do feel sorry for her because I think she's a really great actress. I've watched her in multiple things. She's always been amazing. I just think that like, like I said before, I think they had all the right pieces. And I just think it just didn't, I just don't think it worked. I do mm. think the writing was just like, there's a lot of things I did with the story where I'm just like, I don't really understand why they did that. Now that it's ended in like wrapping up and I know we're in safe hands for next year or the 60th, I can look back on the era as like, I can enjoy it a lot more now for what it was. <laughs> but there were there was a time when the show, you could tell the show didn't know where it was going next and who was going to take over and, I seriously do believe you probably would have gone on a little bit of a break. And you know what? If Russell wasn't coming back, I probably would have said it's the best thing for the show because it's better that than releasing stuff that people are just not really vibing with. Unfortunately, I do feel sorry for Jodie. I think if she had the right writer, I think she could have been one of the best Doctors, but it just it had pieces missing. And Doctor Who fans, unfortunately, like myself, are fucking picky and nitpicky and are harsh critics. And, you know, we're hard people to please, unfortunately. And I think, um, I just think it didn't work. There are people who love the, love her era. And I think that's great. I'm so happy for those people. I personally just didn't vibe with it, unfortunately. I wish I did. There's stuff from it I really like. There's just also a lot of stuff I just really didn't. And I wanted to so badly as well. There are people who go into it just wanting to fucking hate it, <laughs> even if it's good. Yeah. I wasn't like that at all. I really wanted to like it, but I just, I, I mean, I I followed it the whole way through. I'll always be, whenever a new episode's out, I'll be up at the crack of dawn to watch it, always yeah. will. It's always going to be my favourite show. But, yeah, I kind of just lost faith in the show for a little bit, which was sad because I love it so much. But it just, got into a, it just got into a bad place, I think. And it can happen, you know. Mm. It can happen. Yeah. I mean... Have you watched any of Jodie's episodes? No, that's the thing. I never, I never watched. I stopped watching right after Matt. So you right after Peter's, Matt, you missed Peter's era. Yeah, and, I mean, and uh, Jodie's. Yeah, okay. I don't know. It's just, I feel like I invested so much into it, and then I just wanted to leave it there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, hey, fair enough. Which is fine. Which is, I believe, is okay. But like, um, I can't really actually put my finger. I think it's just because my interest changed as a human being. Like I wasn't as interested in that sort of stuff. Like you do start growing up a bit. Yeah, Some I mean the stuff do, just that leave it. Yeah, because mm. I've always been a big fan of. That's what I mean when I come back to the idea of how many seasons can you watch of something before you get in, 
bored of it. Mm. And I felt like I've watched all my seasons. I just got mm. bored of it. I had a time to it. And that's a personal thing. That's not a thing on the show. Uh, Maybe one day I, you I, get I, just, I just like twit dark. I like, I like, I want you to lie to me. I like, I, I and personally for me, I hate it as well when TV shows and movies get fucking political. I hate it so much right? because I've always thought that TV shows and movies were the place you want to get to go to get away from that kind of stuff. Really? Like, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but this is going to, I mean, I'm not sorry, but I feel like there's a saying in Hollywood right now, go woke, go broke. Right. You, if you, what I mean by that is like, um, the doctor who's an example where you can sort of do it because I don't care about the, um, the idea that they've turned a doctor a female or turned a doctor into a gay man or I don't care about you bringing a transgender because that was a story that you can obviously keep writing. I hate it when it's something that was written a while ago and they try and bring it back, but they have to do it to meet your woke agenda. Now, what I mean by that is um, what's a good example it was like the Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. The Ghostbusters were dudes, all dudes, and then they didn't have to rewrite it, but they rewrite it as girls and that movie flopped. Big time. I hate it when they say, oh, the next, if they're going to rewrite a superhero, it has to be like a transgender. It has to be a gay person. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It can, if you want to make a gay superhero or a transgender superhero, then make a gay transgender superhero. Make it your own idea. But when you take an idea that was already something original and then you wanted to make it, change it to something else to make your agenda, like it was the argument everyone had about James Bond. James Bond himself is always a man because the writer who invented James Bond was an author who was a dude and it was always a white dude. And, and if you want to change it, that's f- um, that into something completely different. They wanted to make it a female and all that. I'm like, no. Why? I guess it's a really, it's a really interesting topic and yeah. like, you know, it can be really dicey and people are very quick to like jump down your throat if you have an opinion that doesn't really come at me. Fit. I want that smoke. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it doesn't really fit. Like, I guess the, you know, the criteria and it's an interesting topic. And of course with like, I've spoken to multiple people about uh, like, you know, Jody and stuff. And, you know, multiple people have said to my face, like, I don't agree with uh, the doctor being a woman. And I've heard, I've had like men and women say that to me. And it's an interesting topic. And I've always had this stance where like, and it's a different with Doctor Who, I guess, because Doctor Who is like, you know, is an alien and like, there's going to be like, Oh wow. Sorry. That's the sound bite. <laughs> no, 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 I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. It's, cut that out. That's right. Um, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting topic. I, I've always been under the stance that like, I literally, I do not care about who plays who. And I'm, I love res- representation. I think Dr. Who's a huge show for representation. And I love that. It means so much to so many people. And, you know, I think that as long as the casting is right, that, is the most important thing to me. Yeah. If it fits the character, it that could be whoever yeah. whoever that is, that's great, as long well, as it fits the character, you know? Yeah, it's like when, that's the thing, source material. When you're trying to create something, it's never going to stay, it has to stay true to the source material and just you shouldn't have to switch up for your own gender. Like, um, I'm trying to think of some examples where some such a thing's happened, but they understand you gotta you got to admit it's fucking movies and Hollywood is so flawed sometimes. Like, they had a go at Brian Crayston in a movie where he plays as a quadriplegic. I heard about this, yeah. Yeah, and then people were mad because they did that. And I'm like, well, why didn't you get a quadriplegic to play a quadriplegic? Because I'm like, because it's called fucking acting. <laughs> you know? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not it's, acting. We're in <laughs> a weird... That. I feel like, yeah, it's, it's so stupid. Yeah, it's a, hard, it's a hard position to be in these days. I mean, there's even those... Um, 
I know I follow a comedian, Jack Whitehall, when he played um, he played a, a gay character in that Jungle Cruise movie. Oh, I, I didn't watch that. And, I, um, I didn't see it either. But yeah, that was a big controversial thing because um, Jack's straight in, in real life. Oh, so yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, it was... Um, and because Disney is also... Disney is, is, is you know... Oh, it, with it, the Buzz Lightyear thing? There's that as well, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, they, they definitely like to... Um, unfortunately as well, like, I absolutely love representation. I think it's so great. But like, I don't like it when like people in, in like Hollywood and executives and producers, they... They will use it f- to make headlines to promote the movie. Yeah. I there's a lot of times there are people who care about representation. I do genuinely believe there are a lot of people who don't give a fuck about it. They just know how to make headlines, yeah, which will sell more tickets. Yeah. I guess not for for like yeah, yeah that, that actually flopped. Yeah, well, which put, is I'll sad, take, but you yeah. know, it's when it's the original idea that's the main thing I can tell you as well. Like um, I read this book called Honeybee mm-hmm. by Craig Silvery. It's about transgender boy. Okay. It is fucking phenomenal. Interesting, okay. It's a fucking phenomenal book. And I love it so much because it just felt so original. He had created this idea and it was to represent the hardships that transgender people go through. Yeah. Especially as children. And I was like learning about it in this book. And I remember I love this book so much because he's created something, you know, rather than taking something and reform it. It didn't feel like it was st- It felt like he just created an idea out of air, and that's something that's so hard to do these days. And then, but if he t- and that's w- and I felt like that's why a lot of people respected him as well, and how real he made it, and it really gets you thinking about the situation. So that's what that's w- the way I'm trying to go with this, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of another scenario. Another scenario like his thing. It only works when it sometimes when it goes that way. You know what I mean? Can you imagine the outrage? If we take like an all female idea, right? A female only idea, and then we flipped it on his head and turned to dudes. Can you imagine if we made a Charlie's Angels, but it was all gay dudes and it was led by a straight woman? It's yeah. He <laughs> wouldn't get that these days. That would not fly. Yeah, it's it's like you know, it's an it's just it's Charlie's Angels is a woman, you know. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting like Ooh. conversation to have. Like, I mean, do you like with you in like the um in like the whole you know, you're in, you're in, you're in like gyms a lot and, yeah. you know, with the workout industry, do you like, do you, cause like, and again, like, please correct me if, if you think I'm wrong, but like, you know, I've kind of always looked at that as quite like, you know, like a uh, toxic masculinity sometimes in that kind of like area. Do you feel like it's hard for LGBT, you know, people community to, to join gyms and all that? Would you say that's an issue? Like, do you, do you know a lot of like gay people, like transgender people in like the gyms and stuff? Truth be told, I know a whole bunch of gay people. I'm friends with quite a few gay people. One of my closest friends, Richard Mathias, he's gay himself. He's a photographer. Yes, yeah. It's um, it's a it's a sticky situation, really, to be up. But there's there's two parts to that question. One, personally, my this is a personal view of myself, but I hate the uh, term toxic masculinity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Please, please. Let's. Yeah. Let's have okay. the combo. About I'll, it, yeah. I'll, explain, I'll explain why. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know fully when the term actually came from or coined, but masculinity in itself was never toxic for me. When people talk about, okay, what do you define toxic masculinity? Oh, a bunch of boys talking about girls and thinking they got to do this. I'm like, no, that's just, to me, that's just guys being assholes. Masculinity to me is something that who you, who a man should be as a person, but it's his qualities as a human being. Masculinity to me is like a firefighter jumping in front of a burning building to say jumping in a burning building to save someone. It's a doctor working overtime to save a child or a patient. It's 
it's it's a um it's a dad working overtime so he can send his kids to school or hell even a dad staying at home i don't think there's anything wrong with that as well so we can look after the children as well like it's right and then the fact that they take it and then they and then uh, and then they feel like oh it's crazy because the man has to work or he has to go do all these mad hours so he can't see the kids and i'm just like well someone's got to do it so what and if he truly enjoys it and loves it and he gets a lot of benefit why is it such a bad thing and here's the other thing i know personally is myself because i do jujitsu and they say oh jujitsu is a definition of toxic masculinity i'm like well when shit do people say that yeah and working out why 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 do they say that I don't know, because they say it feel, feels ego, but I'm like, you don't understand. Like, we need it, and I personally need it. The reason why I do jiu-jitsu so much is because when I've had a session where I've had my ass kicked, it makes me really take a look at myself and stay in touch. You don't know everything. You're not the best in the world, and that's okay, but you're learning at something, and you're willing to put yourself out there. But we got to understand, we need masculinity, and at a higher level, probably now more than ever, because when we hit survival situations... No one's going to be caring about what pronouns we're using or what safe space is. It's like, no, the men have got to go out and get it fucking done. We've got to get it done. We've got to go out there. We've got to fight. We've got to survive. And it's the man who's been through those parts and he's got the skills and he's got the courage. Those are the men that we're always going to call upon. And I saw a little bit of it when Russia was invading Ukraine and I saw these articles and these memes of women saying, oh, when you find out that What's it called? Um, when you find out that the Ukraine's invaded Russia and you revert back to your gender roles, I'm like, ah, there we go. See what I mean? When people get comfortable and they say things like that, and it's so easy for me to say something like this on a podcast, you know, I'm 23 years old. I ain't going out to fight no wars or anything like that or conscripted or whatever. So it's so easy for me to say. But when we come into a survival situation, no one cares about it. And that's the thing that happened with COVID. Do you remember when we got into lockdown, when we got into COVID, Nobody gave a shit about the Me Too movement anymore. No one gave a shit about feminism anymore. Everyone was worried, am I going to... They were facing a real problem. Am I going to feed my kids? Am I going to save my kids? Am I going to look after myself? What do I have to do to protect it? And we called upon the men and all the leaders, the main leaders, to save us. How do I... And and that's why I... And I've been criticised heavily for saying this in the past on the podcast... But I never truly believe that men and women could be 100% equal. Wow, okay. I never believe it can be completely 50-50. Wow, okay. I believe because we are entirely different in the way that we act, we think, we feel, the way we look. There's there's different levels to equality. Do I believe in equality of opportunity? 100%. If a woman wants to go see something, fuck it. Then I wonder hell not. As a man, who am I to judge? But do I feel like we're going to be 50-50 in every field? Absolutely fucking not. I do not think that we're ever going to have 50-50 in terms of nurses. I do not think we're going to have to have 50-50 in terms of doctors based on the idea of gender. Do I think we're going to have 50-50 in terms of, what's another one, um, teachers? No, I do not. And it's and that's why. And then because that comes down to the idea that men and women think differently whenever you like it or not. It's fucking science. Men and women's brains are different. Our structures are different. Our things we look at are different. And it's not because of, um, because of like what we're taught through society. No, it's because of what's actually in our fucking DNA. And that's it. That's all. And 
do I feel like that's a bad thing? Fuck no. Fuck no, it's not a bad thing. And it shouldn't be criticised. But if you're trying to force... It's like you can take a... You can you can lead a horse to water, but you can never get force it to drink. You know what I mean? Right. It's like you can lead someone, but you can never really force someone. And if you try and force the world into 50-50, it's just... I don't think it's going to work. There are some... Now, to rebate that, there are some countries where it's close to 50-50, like in Scandinavian countries... But that's in a population so tiny, you know what I mean? Not in a vast, massive. Yeah, I guess like I guess like from what I've been trying to like do, it's more like you know having like open conversations about how we can all do better. I think. Yeah. yeah. Just having an open conversation about how we can all do better. I get like everyone's gonna have their views. Yeah. Like um, you know, that's your opinion. Yeah. I can have a different opinion. Yeah. You know um. When it comes down to that, I think it's also like maybe just sitting down, having a conversation with each other and being like, you know, okay, you feel that way. This yeah. is how I feel. Yeah. Maybe we can like work together yeah. to have a conversation and, and better off the world. Like, you know, I, you know, I, I find that whole like, um, the reason I bring up the gym is because like, you know, I've been, I've been like wanting to go to the gym for a while, but like, you know, I, I won't lie. Like, I'd, I'd be very nervous about it. And I'm like, if I feel nervous about it, like how would someone as like a minority feel about it? And I guess, like, you know, like, that's a conversation to be had. Like, I, I would feel nervous about going to the gym because I'm, like, nervous about my body, how I will be perceived as, like, a man. Mm. And, like, you know, if that's how I feel, I guess, like, you know, I've been trying a lot recently to think about how, like, a transgender person would feel or how, like, a gay person would feel on the gym or how, how a woman would feel on the yeah. gym, I guess. Like, just, you know. Well, in, entirely then that's up to them, you know what I mean? Mm. I mean, because nowadays you're seeing women lifting only spaces in gyms, women only spaces. Oh, yes, 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 yeah, yes. So yeah. um, um, by all means, if it makes you feel comfortable and you're happy with it, that's absolutely fine. Are you in an open gym with all sexes? Yeah, of course. Okay. Of course. I've never judged anyone who came to me. No one, I never turned anyone away from wanting to work with me or anything like that. So it, it, it I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's... Sometimes I feel like it's just a mental thing for them because the goal is to better yourself, really, and we're all in the same place. Look, you're going to get assholes in the gym regardless, but it should never, ever let stop you from wanting to improve yourself. Like, and Right. And I, I can't speak for them because this is what I go back to, the idea of... That, that's them, that's us, that's, 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 that's their struggles, you know, and that's what makes them as a person. So, and their life is completely different, so they have different aspirations, and that's related to them, and not everyone's the same. And you're a, and you're a PT still? Yeah, of course. So yeah. you must you must get people coming in with all different kinds of stories and issues, oh, yeah. so that must be like, I mean, I'm sure there's like a complete, there's like also, I guess, like the mental health side of it and also the physical side of it. Yeah. And like, you know, the mental is such a huge impact on like the physical. So I'm sure you hear the daily struggles of many people in different boats all the time. Like, I'm sure you get to hear a lot of stuff. Yeah, 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 I do. I mean, I get a lot of people from all different walks of life, you know, and, you know, we... I've never personally ever worked with someone who's transgender before. I've definitely worked with gay people many times before and women and much older women or younger boys and everyone's, that's the thing, everyone's got their own problems. Everyone's got their own struggles. Everyone's got their own demons that they're battling. But the one thing that stayed true to me um, 
throughout everything is it's it's just a harsh reality. But there are so many people in this world, right? Everything that you go through, someone's gone before, gone through before. That that's just a, that's just a rare fact. And I have a lot of brutal, honest conversations with myself where I say, Joe, your problems are not unique. You're not special. So that way you can just get through it. And it's 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 a hard thing, and it's a it's a real tearjerker, but. That's the truth. That's just that's just a very blunt way you have to look at a life. And then when you start to realize that if someone's done before, you can do it yourself. And if you realize that you're not special and you're not unique, and then you got a very limited amount of time on this earth, your problems and then become smaller. And that's the, there's one more thing I just want to add to this as well. Because if I want to quote one of my heroes, Marcus Aurelius, he said, "People suffer more in imagination than they do in reality." We as human beings like to think of scenarios in our heads and that we make the situation so much more bigger than it needs to be. And But if we do that, we also have the power to shrink a situation. And it's all, a lot of it's just all mental. And I'm not like shitting on mental illnesses or anything because I believe that's a real thing. But the power of the human mind is if you can make a situation bigger, you can make it smaller. And you just have to find a way to do it. There is no how, you just do it. And that's, 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 that's a... Really, the advice I can give at the end of the day, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you're right. I mean, everyone's everyone's different. I guess, yeah. like you know, there's people who, you know, I've always believed that, like, I you know, I was, you know, born with like anxiety disorder and like depression. That's why I medicate myself. That's why I'm in therapy. And I feel like you know, that's what that's what I've got to do. And everyone's different. And you know, I guess like yeah. it's it's who it's it's, and I think like you know what you do like as like a job or like as your hobbies. You know, it can like really express the person that you are. And I think I do think that like you know people who are like personal trainers, like you know, they must have like a a certain like, you know, a level minded head. I guess yeah, you could yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like like you just said, then like that philosophy that you have is different to how I feel about mental health. But I guess it's like you know how you that's that's because you know you are a PT. You would have that mentality, I guess. And mm. you know, I guess you know people would have that mentality to be personal traits, something that I could never do. Yeah. I would be, I'm like, I just admit then I'm scared to go to the gym. I'm sure that's pretty funny to yeah. some of your listeners who are probably, it's true. It, probably it's, like, it's okay. they're probably like, they're probably uh, mostly like fitness, uh, you know, like you into fitness on this show, yeah. you know, like, yeah, I, I would find it scary, you know? Yeah. It's just that we have to learn to feel the fear and do it anyway. The reason why I got, so well, the reason why I'm okay with dabbling into new things is because I know what it's like to feel scared. Um, it's like when I started comedy, I was shitting myself going up on stage. Whenever I go to a BJJ competition, you know, I get scared. But because I've been scared so many times, I feel so many times, I actually look for it now. I look for that thing that scares me. I look for that thing that's going to make my nerves go off. But at the end of the day, like... Have you ever like done something so like when you got nervous doing something and then when you did it you felt so fucking good by the end? Yeah, and it's mostly never as bad as you thought it was gonna be. Yeah. So it's that's right, it's thing. really throwing yourself into those situations. That's the thing about the human mind. Like that's what I mean. We make this big picture, but once mm. we've actually done it in the end, we're like, no, that was actually a lot easier than I expected. And it was all up here the whole time. It's great. It's that it's that rare one time when it actually was a lot worse than you thought, and that's what you'll remember as like an example of like why it will go to shit. When reality is a lot of the yeah. time it just that's my problem. My problem is like social situations where I get really fucking anxious about yeah. doing like the simplest things when like really I let it get I let it get out of control uh, in my like my late teens, early twenties, and now it's more just like. I gotta throw myself into this situation mm. 
you know, I just got to throw myself in the situation and, and do like, I mean, I'm, I'm terrified tomorrow about having like, you know, the, our guests on Josh, lovely person, you know, and like, you know, but I'm scared. I, I want it to be a good interview. I want it to be a good show. Like mm. I want, I want them to feel comfortable, you know, like it's, it's, uh, it's, that was, that was scare me. Cause like, you know, I want to come here. I was scared. You know, like, I want it to be a good episode of your show. I want, yeah. I want your fans to be like, Hey, that was a good guest. Not yeah. fuck that was boring. I, yeah. I mean like part of me was like, holy shit, like non Doctor Who fans would probably be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, it's and scary, you know, that's all the mental side. That's all just, yeah. Constantly that, that yeah. voice is always fucking talking. I think because you know. at the same time, like who cares what they think? Like, cause you're just being yourself. Yeah. And, when you're being yourself, man, that's just, and you're so comfortable with your own skin. That's just, it's, that's, a, I feel like that's the best thing. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And, and I feel like as human beings, when we judge people for being themselves, I just feel like. Well, it comes, I think it comes down to that, the conversation again, like, you know, I'm sure like, you know, I've said some stuff you wouldn't agree with, like, you know, I, you know, maybe I don't agree with everything that, you know, what you see with mental health, but no, it's also having, I think also, if people, I think people can be very quick to be like, no, fuck that guy. When he's, I think you should be like, hang on a minute. Like, why, why do you disagree with me? Let's have a respectful conversation about why. You're probably never going to change their perspective on stuff. But I think nah. also it's like, it's you know. It's not my responsibility to it, either. And there you go. I think, and then like, you know, it's like, you know, actually instead of, people are so quick these days just to, to disagree with someone and be like, you know, I can't, I can't see where they're coming from. When like, you know, sometimes you've got to just realize, I think, people are trying their best even if they maybe come across uh -huh. sometimes a, a being maybe a little bit offensive or like jump on the gun a little bit i do think a lot of time people aren't going out of their way to upset you and they're trying their best but it, it can be very it, it can be very quick to be upset by what someone said when i've been when i've been upset with people recently i've i realize i can't change their mind on a lot of stuff and also i just been like hey you know what they may have said some stuff that upset me but that one thing they said they wouldn't have said that a couple of years ago and yeah. that's progress. And I've got to just respect the fact that, you know, that's progress and yeah. they might mean well, but not, it might not come across that way, but they might mean well, you know, and that's, yeah. that's a hard thing to understand. And like, yeah, just like, you know, love each other, just get along with each other. It's hard. Life's hard, man. Yeah. Fucking it's hard. And it's, and when you accept Difficult. that, that's, mm, it mm, helps to accept it, that. I yeah. think, yeah, mm, when just you, realizing that. The I'm gonna finish this podcast off by yeah. Fuck, we've been going for a while. We're yeah, two I, know, hours. I know. That's cool. That's cool. Um, I'm gonna finish this off by saying one thing. Like, um, accepting reality is a powerful thing, and accepting a negative experience, and accepting life for what it is. It's brutal, and it's gonna suck, and it's okay to feel down, and that's okay because. Being in touch with a reality rather than being that person who feels like they have to be happy all the time, they have to be n not offended ever. It's such an arrogant and it's such a narcissistic way to think. And that's life. And if you accept the way that the world is the way that it is, then you're going to get through it eventually. You shouldn't have to try and change it just to meet your reality, but why you? Of all the billions of people on this earth, what makes you so special and why you? So that's why. I guess it's up to you to figure out, you know? Yeah, and, and, part of, and that's life. You just figure it out for yourself, genius. And then you die. <laughs> I think someone said that to me. And that's <laughs> it, and then you die, and that's it. Yeah. Alrighty, so that concludes today's episode, Connor. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much man. for having me, man. Uh, I mean, Cheers. that was 
Brilliant. Oh, um, by the way, I, this is my first. This is my first time I've ever been a guest on any show ever. What? I, did I not say that? No. Yeah. So this is the first time I've ever been a guest on someone's show. So thank you for being. This is a first. So thank you. Really? Yeah. I've, never been on, I've, I've, you know, I've been meaning to go on people's shows, and sometimes they just never happen, or like you know, things fall through. But yeah, it's the first time I've ever been on. Well, dude, look, show. I'm gonna have you back, regardless of what the audience thinks. Or thank not, you so like much. I say, it's up to me. They're like, who the fuck is this Doctor Who guy? Get him off. <laughs> Don't All bring right. him back. Thank All you for having me, man. Oh, cool. All right, guys. That is this day's that is today's episode of the Lost Set Podcast. Take care of yourselves, and that is game. Bye. Cool.